Oh, it is good to be with you here in the house of the Lord, where we come together and, and lift up his name. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I feel like God is just doing work in me already, and uh, I hope you feel that way this morning. Listen, my heart uh, for us as a church people, as uh, people that love Jesus, is that we would walk in freedom uh, with him. And uh, I know that there's some things that... Um, that God is working on in me even this morning and what it looks like to rest in him, uh, not to rest in my own strength or my own power. Um, and I, I know that God is speaking to me already about what it means to find freedom in his strength, uh, freedom in, in his power. Uh, so I want to encourage you just to lean in today because I think that, that God has a word for, for all of us. Um, and I think it's going to be a beautiful time together. I hope you've had a great week. I hope you have uh, survived the, the flood of 2023. And, uh, and I don't know, it, it, felt, it felt like uh, pretty, pretty intense around here, especially when I went on, um, went on like, Instagram and saw like, the pictures of the floods and the subways and all these things. And I'm, I'm walking around my neighborhood, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't see that flood. Is, it like the, is there like one place where it's flooding? Everybody's like, capturing pictures of that. I don't know, but we definitely had... Uh, a time this this past week for sure with all of the rain, but it, it's a good, beautiful day today, right? And uh, hopefully we're, we're doing a little bit better uh, than, than we were uh, in some of the situations the past week. Um, but it's good to be here with you on Sunday morning. We're jumping back into uh, our study in the book of Acts. And uh, this, this particular uh, series that we're in over uh, these next few weeks is called To Be Continued. The idea here is that the ministry that we are called into, the mission that we are called into, is not something that we came up with. It's not something that we set on a whiteboard and, and put together for the church to be a part of. No, what we're doing is actually, actually the continued work of Jesus, the continued ministry of Jesus, and the continued mission of Jesus. And we've also talked about here in the book of Acts how the Holy Spirit is really the one that equips us for the mission that we have been called into. He gives us power. He gives us strength. He enables us to do that which Jesus has already done. And that's the beautiful part of this, is we're working uh, in the Spirit, in the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish the work that Jesus has already done. And that's a beautiful picture of what it means to be the church that is on mission, to be a church that cares about the ministry of Jesus. And I want to I want to talk today about, uh, about what it means for us uh, to be a people that through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can be a generous people to accomplish his mission. And uh, we're going to see this in uh, the, the book of Acts here in chapter 2, where the people here, the, the new Christians, the, the new church, they got this, and, and they were fueled by the Holy Spirit to be generous. We actually have this statement for you. I don't want you to see the spirit of generosity is abundant as they gave to one another and met needs. And that's what we're going to look at uh, this morning as we jump into our passage and study today. Uh, before um, we, we have uh, a time where we have a scripture reader come, before we get into it, I, I just, I, I just want to be um, transparent up front. Um, I feel like sometimes this is the Sunday that Man, if, if you come to church, you're like, I, I don't know if I want to be there on this Sunday. We're talking about generosity. We're talking about giving. I mean, this may feel a little bit awkward. And I'm sorry, if this is your first Sunday here, come back next week. And not, it's not every Sunday that I talk about generosity and giving and all of those things, right? 
Um, it should be a, a, a people that, we should be people that are about generosity and are about giving, but listen, I'm not on stage every Sunday begging for money. That's not what this is about. As a matter of fact, this, I'll just let you in on another, another uh, thing about who we are as a church. We, we are able to do a lot of what we do because of the generosity of other churches that have given and been a part of what we are doing. So I'm not a pastor up here begging for you to give money to the church. <laughs> I'm not a pastor up here begging for you to give money to me. Uh, that's not what this is about. Uh, listen, I, this, this is the most ex, uh, expensive pair of shoes that I own, and I bought them with my own money. So, uh, so I don't need like the church to buy, buy my shoes for me, uh, but this is it. I think I've had this shirt for like five years, um, and it's still rocking except for a little stainage in the back. But anyways, um, I, I'm not here asking for you to, to give me money or to give the church money. I just want to free up that expectation when we talk about generosity and giving today. And hopefully this could be a moment where we step into the freedom of Jesus and live for his mission. It's about him and his mission for the gospel to to explode across the planet from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we're going to talk about what it means to be generous because of that, because of that mission. Um, Not because of rent we have to pay or a shirt that the pastor might need. We're talking about his mission, foremost, and that's what it's all about. I'm going to invite Haley to come and read our scripture this morning out of Acts 2, uh, verses 42 through 47, and then a little bit of uh, Luke's gospel as well. Um, As he gets set there, let us pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We know that in it is life itself, and so we come today saying that we need it. We need life. We need truth being spoken into us. And so we uh, quiet the voice of our flesh that wants to distract so that we may listen to you and that we may obey. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Acts 2, 42 through 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Continuing in Luke 21, verses 1 through 4. He looked up and saw the rich dropping their offerings into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor woman dropping in two tiny coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For all those people had put in gifts out of their surplus. But she, out of her poverty, has put in all that she has to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Father Francis Patrick Duffy's journey from the battlefield to the pulpit was marked by a generosity that defined his life. 
as a humble chaplain with the Fighting 69th, a regiment primarily composed of Irish Americans. He didn't just tend to souls during World War I. He rolled up his sleeves and cared for wounded soldiers, earning their respect and admiration. His unwavering dedication and kindness led to an unprecedented promotion of the rank of major, a testament to his extraordinary service. Post-war, Father Duffy brought that same spirit to Hell's Kitchen, pastoring the Church of the Holy Cross. Entirelessly, he cared for the needs of the community, earning a lasting legacy as a beacon of generosity in the heart of New York City. As we think about generosity today, we think about the battlefield that is the cross and how Jesus was sacrificially generous to us. And our question today is, how can we in turn be a people because of the battle that he has won for us also be generous with our lives, giving to others all for the sake of Jesus and his mission? As we come to the text today, um, the passage that we are studying here in Acts chapter 2 that we've been studying over the past few weeks, we do see a generous people here in these verses. And the truth that we are stepping into that, that we need to realize today is this. Our devotion to Jesus' mission is evident in our generosity. If we are going to be about his mission, then we need to be generous people. Now, let's unpack that for a moment as we see this in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to begin here in verse 45. It says this about these people that were filled with the Holy Spirit. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the, pro the proceeds to all as any had need. Now, this is a little bit more than just giving away money, isn't it? This is more than just giving away currency. This is people that are actually selling their possessions and they're selling their land so that then they could provide for others. Now, we're going to get into this a little bit deeper and see why possessions and land actually is connected to some things that we see in the Old Testament as it relates to the tithing system. But what I want to see right now in this text is the sacrifice that this early church was paying for the people of God, so that the people of God could be on mission for God. This was not just money that was given away out of surplus. They were actually taking things that they owned and selling it so that they can have money to give and provide for those in need. This is actually sacrifice. They, they are a people that were devoted to generosity, but a particular type of generosity. They were devoted to sacrificial generosity where it cost them something, right? I think about people that are in need. What would it look like for me to, to take my possessions, to take what are things that are mine and to, to give them away or to sell them off so I could provide for others for the sake of his mission? This is a particular type of generosity, but it's not a generosity that they came up with. It's not that they sat together and said, well, we're now filled with the Holy Spirit, so let's come up with some things that we should be about as God's people that are wanting to see the gospel explode across the planet. No, they actually took their cues from Jesus. 
We read this already, but I want to point us back to it again. It's in Luke's gospel, and Jesus sees a poor widow woman come to the temple and give her money, and we see here a different type of sacrifice, a different type of generosity than anyone else is making that is there with her. It says this in 21 verse 1, he looked up and he saw the rich dropping their offerings into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow dropping in two tiny coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For these people have put in gifts out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in all she had to live on. This is a picture of what sacrificial generosity looks like. He's talking about one group of people that that they, they, they put in probably a large financial gift, but it really cost them nothing because they were giving out of the surplus. They made sure that their needs were met first and their comforts were met first, and then if they had some left over, they would then put it into the offering that's giving out of the surplus, right? But here's a picture of a woman who literally has close to nothing. And she goes to the temple with what she has, and she gives it all, sacrificially, generously to God. This is the type of sacrifice that Jesus commends. This is the type of sacrifice that Jesus is encouraging for his disciples that he's calling to live on mission for him. And it's not just about generosity. It's about giving to God because you believe that God wants to do something with it. It's giving to God out of an act of worship. She went to the temple and she went to go worship, right? This is recognizing who God is, recognizing that everything that we have is God's anyways. And so we're going to do whatever we can to give back as much as we can to God. That's what this is about sacrificial generosity that comes with a price, that we, we feel it somehow. That's what, that's what Jesus is calling his disciples to, and that's what the disciples devoted themselves to as they were filled with the Holy Spirit living on mission for him. May we live like that, right? Listen, I know what that does for, for all of us this morning. It kind of puts us in a place of thinking, what, am, what about me? <laughs> How am I giving? What does that look like in my life? What does sacrifice look like for me? And I, I know that we can maybe fall into two kind of camps in that. We could say, well, listen, I'm, I'm giving all that, all that I can. I'm already sacrificially giving, like I'm there. And there's another part of us that might say, well, what's, what's, the, um, what's the amount that I need to give that I can make sure that I'm giving sacrificially and still be okay. I, I want to do something for us this morning and, and address a problem that I think exists when it comes to giving, when it comes to living generously, when it comes to e even this word tithe that we talk about in the church. Here's a problem that I want to address for you. Our acts of generosity may be driven by a legalistic approach. And I'm going to unpack that for us this morning because, listen, I do not want us to walk. I do not want us to walk in legalism. I want us to walk in freedom. 
I want us to experience the grace of God. And if we depend upon legalism in order to win God's favor, we will die. That's what the gospel says. So I want us to walk in grace. I want us to walk in God's freedom so that we might live and so that others might live and so that the gospel can explode across this neighborhood, this city, this planet. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm going to unpack this for a moment. We're going to look at a few passages together and just process this idea of giving by looking at the Old Testament tithing system. All right, so check it out. We're going to go back to Deuteronomy, heading back. Uh, to, to close to the beginning of the Bible, and I want to show you where uh, the tithing system actually began. And then we're going to try to understand what's going on here, okay? Now, this begins in chapter 14 of Deuteronomy. I'm going to read verse 22 and then some following verses as well. It says this in verse 22. Each year you are to set aside a tenth. This will be a tithe a tenth of all the proceeds grown in your field. So that's the general tithe. Bring a tenth of all that you have grown in your fields to the people of God. That's the general tithe. Now we're going to jump down to a special tithe in verse 28. It says this in verse 28. At the end of every three years, bring a tenth, this is another tithe, of all of your produce for that year, and store it within your city gates. Then verse 29, then the Levite who has no portion or inheritance among you, the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow within your gates may come eat and be satisfied. And the Lord your God will bless you in all the work of your hands that you do. Now there are two different types of tithes that are happening here. One is the general tithe, and the second one that's mentioned here is a tithe that is given to the Levites and to those that are poor. And I want to be very clear about what we are seeing. In this particular system, with these particular people, they have entered into an understanding of a promised land, a land that was given to them that was not their own, God gave it to them, and so now the system is set up that they are using their land, using who they are for God's purposes. Now, the Levites were a particular tribe that were not given land. Their actual job was not to plow and, 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 and field a land. No, their actual job was to care for the temple. So we're talking about the priests. We're talking about those that tended to the religious duties. So they were not given a land in which they could grow crops and take care of their families and themselves. So there was a special offering for them and for the foreigner and for the alien, for the one that was not from that place, that has no land, for the, for the widows who could not toil over the land, for the poor. There was a special offering given to them to take care of them. This is a picture of what's happening in Acts 2. People are giving up their possessions. They are giving up their land so that the people of God will have their needs met so that the gospel can explode in power. Land matters in this culture. It's how you took care of yourself. It's how you provided. It was your work. And a tenth of that work that you 
used to provide for yourself was given back to the people of God in, in multiple ways here in the Old Testament tithing system. Now, Jesus speaks to this because we could get to a place where we say, all right, I need to give a tenth. <laughs> I need to give a tithe to God's purposes for God's mission. I, I, need to, I need to do that much. So let me just drop that in, check that off. I'm good. That is actually legalism. Just living by the law. I obey the law. Check. Done. Jesus actually rebukes this. I want you to see it in Matthew's gospel uh, for a minute. I think it should be helpful for us as we process these things. Um, Matthew's gospel. I think we got it up here on the screen, right? No, I'll find it myself. (laughs) Oh, it's there. Yes. All right, so Matthew, (laughs) here we go. Um, He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. You pay a tenth of mint, deal, and cumin. These are things that you produce in the land, right? And yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. These things should have been done without neglecting the others. You see, these Pharisees, they got to a point where they're just trying to obey the law, and it doesn't matter how they live the rest of their lives. They're just trying to obey the law. They're they're obligated to the law, and they're missing the purposes of the law. As long as we pay our tithe, as long as we give a tenth, then then we have done justice, we have done mercy, we have cared for neighbor, we have cared about the things of God. And Jesus says, woe to you, you missed it. It's not just about dropping a tenth of your money into the offering box. It's about genuinely caring for people and the people of God and the things of God. It changes the dynamic when Jesus shows up You know why? Because he comes and fulfills the law. He fulfills the law so that we are no longer obligated to it, but instead we get to worship him through it. That's what this is about. That's what giving generously, sacrificially is about. It's about caring for others genuinely and his mission truly being devoted to it. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, in the morning, I'm in a mad rush, and uh, I try my best to uh, get everything together, and uh, if it's my day to fix breakfast for uh, Macy, I'll do as best I can. I'll, I'll put something together really quickly, throw it on the table, and try to finish up, and, and then before I know it, I look back, and she's got food everywhere, right? So yogurt is just gone all over the place. And it's because I have not put a bib on her and I'm not giving her a spoon in which to eat with. So she's got it in her hands and just going everywhere. The table's a mess. There's stuff all over the place on the couch. I don't know how yogurt gets from the table to the couch across the other side of the room, but it does. I mean, that's, one, that's, that's a problem for me. And that's one of the things that I'm realizing that I need to sit down and genuinely care about giving her food in the morning. You know what that means? going to be a little bit of a sacrifice. Either I'm going to get up a little bit earlier or my shirt's not going to be as ironed as it should be. As I'm sitting down, genuinely caring for her, not just doing just the basics and, and checking off the box. Oh, yeah, I gave her breakfast. But no, I'm actually have to sit with her and make sure that she's using that spoon correctly because I'm going to be honest. She, like, uses a spoon, turns it upside down, and then puts it in her mouth. And I'm like, that's not going to work. That's just 
down in your bib, right? Uh, but that's the picture of what it means to not just do what's simply required of you, but actually genuinely care for others. Actually, genuinely devote yourself to the mission of God. And what that requires then is sacrifice. Here's what the gospel says for us. Jesus, the one who paid it all. Jesus, the one who sacrificed for us. It says that Jesus frees us from legalism so that we can generously live for him. He frees us from that place where we feel like we have to, we have to check off the box in order to, to please God. Instead, understand what the gospel says. Jesus has already made you pleasing to God. There's nothing that you can do to change that. There's no sin that can change that because the blood of Christ has covered that. You've, you're in the righteousness of Christ. So guess what? You already please God if you're found in Jesus Christ. So we don't give so that we can find God's pleasure. We don't give out of obligation. Listen, the Old Testament is just that. It's an old covenant. There's a new covenant. And we give now as an act of worship, sacrificially, because what has been sacrificed for us, the law is now a way that we can live to worship God. It's not a way for us to find our salvation. We've already been saved. The law is given to us now so that we can worship him. It doesn't mean we just throw the law out, right? I mean, listen, let's take another law that I think we probably would agree with. Um, God told us not to murder, right? He told us not to murder. I think it seems like a pretty good commandment to me, <laughs> right? Now, Jesus came, completed the law. Does that mean now we can murder? <laughs> well, you can still experience his grace, even in something as heinous as that, because of what Jesus has done for us. But because of what Jesus has done for us, it raises the bar a little bit of what it means to worship him. And Jesus said it himself, didn't he? He said, you've heard it that you shouldn't murder, but I have come to tell you that if you have hatred in your heart to another, it's the same. Jesus, he raises the bar of what it means to, to follow him and, and worship him and to live your life for him. The Old Testament is, is no longer just, just an obligation that we check off or have to live up to. No, now it's propelling us to live graciously and sacrificially for Jesus and his mission. It raises the bar of our expectation of, of what it looks like to worship him. It's not just about dropping a tenth into the offering basket. It's about saying, how can I live my life even more sacrificially than I already am as an act of worship to Jesus because he's already given me everything? Jesus, he changes it. And he asks us to walk in freedom with him. Listen, that's why Paul uh, says in uh, 1 Corinthians that, that we should not be a, a people who, who give with some type of, of disgruntled attitude or, or, or perspective on it. No, instead, 
we have been asked to give generously with thanksgiving with a good heart that it produced joy in us. This is a place of worship for us to step into with him. It shouldn't feel like a burden. It shouldn't feel like a weight. That's living under the law. Instead, it should feel like a gift that we get to give to our God and his mission. Be generous, people. I believe that's what God is calling us into as a people, that we would be generous not to follow the rules, but no, we'd be generous because he has been generous to us. The gospel truly says that Jesus frees us from legalism so that we can generously live for him. So what then is our response today? I'll say this. We need to be generous to Jesus by being generous to Jesus's mission. I want to show you what happens when, when we live as generous people that are sacrificing for Jesus and being devoted to his mission. In verse 47 of Acts 2, it talks about these people that devoted themselves to, to, to the apostles' teaching, to, to breaking of bread, to, to being generous, to, to all of these things that Jesus has asked them to be devoted to. And it says this about them. They were praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. I want to be a part of that. And that's not just about people coming to OCC, which I love to see that happen. But I want to be a part of something where people's lives are changed forever. And they go from death to life. And they don't have to spend eternity separated from God. I want to be a part of a move of the Holy Spirit where it powerfully explodes in this community, in this city, and across the planet. And in order for that to happen, we need to be the right type of people that are led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be a generous people. A couple other things I want to say just out of response uh, for us this morning. What's going on here it has been a gift. It really has been a gift. I just want to make mention of this in case you didn't know. Um, we're a brand new church that started uh, a year and, what are we in, 10 months ago? Um, coming up on two years. And um, we are here by the generosity of, of some of you for sure, but there's been a lot of generosity too from outside of these walls and other churches and uh, helping us in a lot of ways. Uh, not just with provision of money, but also sending teams to do mission work in the community. Also um, praying for us, being, being a part of this a prayer movement that, that there'd be a church planted here in Hell's Kitchen that's for the community and for the city and for the gospel, right? There's been a lot. And I think we've been beneficiaries of that in, in, in a tremendous way. But I believe that God is moving us into a new season, begin, beginning now where we take ownership of what God is doing here. And in doing so, we ask the question of ourselves, what does sacrifice look like? What does more look like? And that's not just around money. It, it, it is. Don't, don't, don't mishear that. 
We see it right here in Acts 2. We, we need to think about what it, the cost financially of doing ministry. Um, it's not just about money. It's also about our time. Is it not? Right? I get it. To do some of the things that we're a part of and we're asking, we're asking you to come to church on Sundays. We're asking you to be in a small group, reading the Bible with somebody else. We're asking you to take place in our missional community, which is, which is a, a place where we serve others. We're asking you to go on things with us like, like fall retreat coming up in a few weeks. Like we're, we're asking a lot of you, and we, and we get it. But shouldn't we be people that sacrifice? Shouldn't we be people that sacrifice our, our time for the move of God and the Holy Spirit's work coming in power through his church? Like There should be a sense that, yeah, I'm, I'm giving up something to do this, Right? I hope that we would be a generous people, not just in our, our, our um, money, but, but also with, with, with our time and how we care for people. Let me just tell you that sometimes it is very difficult to care for people because we're so stinking messy. And I'm asking us to lean in more and say that the person sitting next to you, in front of you, they matter they matter to Jesus, and they matter to the mission of Jesus. We need to be sacrificial in how we love one another. And we truly would learn what it means to love one another as ourselves and sacrifice for them. I want to invite Hannah to come and play. There's one other thing that I want to invite you into starting today. We're going to start a brand new challenge. We've been, we've been a part of this Who's Your One Challenge, and that will continue, but there's a new challenge that we're putting before the church. And it's a 90-day giving challenge. Now, Jess is going to talk a little bit more about that as she closes with announcements. Um, but for us, we are just trusting that the Lord is up to some good stuff here. And that he... He wants to do more, and we want, to, we want to see the Holy Spirit unleashed, and that's truly what this is about. And the challenge isn't, hey, if you give to the church, that means that you're going to just somehow come into some type of surplus and money in your life. That's not what we're talking about. I, if, if that's the case, I would have been given everything I ever got in my bank account all the time, right? <laughs> that's not the way it works. Um, God could do that, but that's not typically what he's promised to, to work in. No, the, the challenge is this, is that when you, when you give sacrificially, you jump into this idea of giving. And, and let's just use tithing as a baseline, 10%. That's, that's a baseline, still a biblical principle that Jesus has accomplished for us. It's a good place to start. We're not, we're not uh, afraid of the word or afraid of the understanding of a tenth. Um, but when we give sacrificially, we're trusting that God is going to work in significant ways in our life and through our church and through the gospel. And the challenge is this, like if, if you give, I, I, I encourage you to expect that God is gonna move in your life in some significant ways. I, I believe that if you give generously, you give sacrificially, that God is gonna move in this church in some ways that we cannot explain other than the fact that we became the right type of people that would be led by the Holy Spirit. I encourage you that if, if you give generously and sacrificially and take on this 90-day challenge, 
that there are going to be opportunities for you to present the gospel that probably you didn't have before because you're living your life in a different posture. Where you're saying, this isn't my life. This, this thing in my pocketbook is not even my stuff. And so it all belongs to God. And so I'm going to take every step of my day thinking, how can I spend this step for God? And there's going to be opportunities where God shows up in ways that you did not see before. There's going to be opportunities where you get to share the message of Christ with others that you did not see before. So I invite you to, to jump in, to be a part of this. This is not about new shoes or new clothes for the pastor. <laughs> I guarantee you that. This is about new clothes for the unrighteous. Me and you who were once unrighteous, have been given the righteousness of Christ. We are dressed in the righteousness of Christ because of the gospel. May we be a people that are generous and give so that others may find the righteousness of Christ. In honor of his service during World War I and his contributions to New York City, a bronze statue of Father Duffy was erected in Times Square. The statue dedicated in 1937 depicts him in a military chaplain's uniform. I'm sure he's proud of the statue, but I'm sure he's more proud of his legacy of generosity. May we be a people who are proud of how God has led us to give because we are proud of a king who gave it all for us. I'm going to ask you to take a posture of prayer this morning. I'm going to ask a few questions, and this is for you to listen to the Holy Spirit and let him help you answer these questions. In what ways can our generosity be a tangible expression of our dedication to Jesus' mission? Second question. How has legalism hindered your genuine care for others? and your commitment to Jesus and his mission. How has legalism hindered your genuine care for others and your commitment to Jesus' mission? Take a moment just to confess that if he's revealing some things in your life where you've just kind of just done, just met the quota, just trying to be religious, thinking that that pleases God. Thirdly, how does Jesus' freedom empower you to live generously for him? How does his freedom actually empower you to live generously for him? Finally, if you're someone here today that is not trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, may today be the day of your salvation. Cry out to him, thank him for what he did on the cross, and give your life to him today. If that's you, I would love to pray with you. I'm going to be here on the side with some of the others that are part of the prayer team. And if anybody needs prayer today for anything, we're going to be here to pray for you. God, we thank you for Christ. We thank you for how generous he is, how he sacrificed for us. God, we know that we can never outgive you. And so, Lord, help us to continue to be thankful, to be grateful, to, to continue to have your gospel and what you have done for us to motivate us to live for you in every area of your life, even in the ways that we give. 
May we be a people that lay it all down on the line so that we can see your gospel explode across this neighborhood, across the city, across the planet. May we be like that poor widow who gave it all, recognizing it's all Jesus is to begin with. May we think about our lives being spent for Jesus and, and his mission. God, would you do that in our lives? We walk in freedom today. We walk in your grace today. Thank you. Thank you for all you've done. Praise the strong name of Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. Amen. I will be here to pray for you if you need it on the side. Uh, but let's stand. Let's sing. Uh, let's worship today. Amen. <laughs>